Hello, this is Sam from English 395. Uh, I'm doing my scene analysis on Spider-Man Homecoming, specifically the scene with the building collapse. Um, I've already done almost a full paper on this and a few recordings, so we're going to call this, let's say, 2C, and maybe it'll work out this time. Um, I'm actually starting the scene a tiny bit earlier than the actual collapse of the building, just because I think that this scene particularly sort of shows, um, well, the question was asking about Peter's um, sort of change from immaturity to more of a mature superhero type. I'm sorry, Peter. What are you talking about? That thing hasn't even touched me yet. True, then again. Wasn't really trying to. So I think what can be seen here is that Keaton has a clear advantage over Peter. Um, and I am calling him Michael Keaton because he will always be either Beetlejuice or Batman in my head. Um, so Keaton has, has a life experience on his side. Uh, and in contrast, Peter is sort of, um, let's say, debilitated almost by the condition of being a teenager, which is characterized by impulsivity. Um, Keaton is able to plan ahead, and Peter has no idea what's coming at this point. And I think this is also a nod to Tony Stark's conversation with Peter about not being ready for the suit. Uh, and it shows part of why he isn't ready, because he's not able to look past his immediate circumstances. And I believe this is also sort of exemplified with the bike scene that was talked about in class, um, where Peter, he gets this bike back from a bike thief, but he, he sort of hasn't thought ahead to what he's going to do with the bike afterwards. So here we can just see um, a real lack of, of forethought. Um, and I think this also, in some ways, parallels the original origin story of Spider-Man in that there's, in this lack of, of forethought, it, it's sort of, I think, can be seen as a kind of cockiness, potentially, um, which is also, I think, just a side effect of, of being young and feeling invincible. And I think that this is part of the reason that this film is able to capture more than just a, a one-sided kind of angsty teenage character. It, it sort of encompasses more than that, whereas I'm not sure, mind you this isn't really the question, but I'm not sure that uh, previous Spider-Man films have been able to do that in the same way. So now we're going to look at the portion of the scene right after the building has collapsed, and I'll play that now. Hello! <laughs> 
down here. I'm down here. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I can't move. I can't. So I think what's particularly interesting about this scene is that we can see a real human moment of vulnerability and fear. I think this movie captures that really well. You can see Peter sort of steal himself when he asks himself, okay, ready, as he tries to prepare to push this debris from off of him. Um, his, his crying and sort of calling out for help, it could be seen as immaturity, but I think in dire situations that are seemingly unsolvable, people have a tendency to reach out to some greater authority than themselves. Um, and I think in this case, Peter is sort of reaching out to Aunt May or, or Tony Stark. Um, Peter's maturity here is shown in the realization that he put himself in an adult situation where no one is watching out for him. So he is completely on his own. He has to rely on himself. Um, there's no there's no sort of safety net to catch him. And I think this is sort of a clear representation of adulthood or what it is to be mature is that understanding that their their responsibility of actions and their consequences lies on the individual. So the next portion of the scene is when Peter is trying to escape from the rubble. If you're nothing about this suit, then you shouldn't have it. In this portion of the scene, we see Peter looking down into a pool of water and seeing half of his face reflected back at him, and the other half we can see the mask of the original Spider-Man suit. This obviously represents a duality that's inherent in superhero identities, but I think in this scene particularly, he's actually bringing these identities together in a way that other superheroes sort of fail to do so in the same way. Um, and I think this allows Peter to remain more jovial and more of the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man that we know and love, um, where other superheroes tend to suffer more internally because of their inability to sort of fuse their identities together in any meaningful way. What follows is another representation of Peter's ability to form a sort of united identity between Peter and Spider-Man. We hear him saying, come on, Peter, um, and that's what he starts out with. He's sort of gathering himself in who he was before he was Spider-Man, which I think could be seen in his stubbornness, uh, as I don't believe that that's a result from radioactive spider bites, but I could be wrong. 
Um, and then following this, he repeats, come on, Spider-Man, because he knows that the strength of Spider-Man ultimately is what's going to be able to get him out of this situation. So he's calling on the mental strength of Peter and the physical strength of Spider-Man. Overall, I think this scene is emblematic of Peter's growth. It seems to parallel the first death of Superman in Superman Returns, where this death for Peter seems like um, the death of his innocence, perhaps his immaturity. Um, in this moment, he has come to the realization that there are grave consequences to his actions. Adults are not going to be concerned with the fact that he's just a child. Even Michael Keaton knows how old this child is. He's 15 and he has no qualms about trying to kill him. So he no longer has that sort of innocence. Um, he's not able to view the world in the same way that he did before. And that is the conclusion of my Spider-Man scene analysis. I hope this was not too painful or too long to listen to, and I hope nothing blew up your headphones. Uh, and thank you for listening.